Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next, postwrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple, Spotify, Podcast Addict, wherever you listen to us. And it is Tuesday, which means it's another episode of Deep Impact. And coming into the Up Next Zone is Andrew Thompson. I, I am indeed here, sir. Uh, it's a, a, a busy news night, but oh. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be a part of it all, man. This is, this is, this is good stuff right here. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of news coming out of tonight's Impact. Uh, Andrew, for those of you that don't know, and I don't know why you don't know, but if you don't, he writes the reports for postwrestling.com. And yeah, you you said just off air that your fingers hurt because you've been typing (laughs) away furiously for the last uh, however long it is. Um, Yeah, a lot of news coming out of tonight's Impact. Uh, Definitely. Um... So for those of you who did not get, I'm pretty sure everybody who's uh listening live or watching live uh, already knows, but there's going to be Rich Swan versus uh, Moose at the Sacrifice event on Saturday. It was already announced that it was going to be an Impact World Title match, but now it's going to be a TNA World Heavyweight Title match, unification match. Uh, the winner will move on to Rebellion in April to face Kenny Omega in a double title match. Davey, I feel, I feel like we've been speaking this into existence for the longest and now it is finally coming true yeah that they definitely planted the seeds a long time ago and it's always nice when finally the uh the confirmation comes out there like wrestling's wrestling you'll believe it when you see it right so even when this whole kenny omega impact AEW crossover thing started you know that things sometimes fall apart as we saw with that exploding barbed wire <laughs> death match on on Sunday, um, so even even as recently as uh, the last set of tapings with Sammy Guevara, there were the plans to to have him in Impact, and that fell apart. So I think as wrestling fans, you try you try not to get your hopes up on certain things, but 
they've announced it now. We're getting Kenny Omega, who's... It, I think they said it's title for title, right? So it's it is. both titles on the line at Rebellion in uh, in just a couple of months. Uh, big news. So uh, that's exciting. We've been talking about uh, that a lot recently, as you said. Um, but before we get into Impact, I know we're going to talk about that a lot, lot more. Uh, I was wondering if you... Um, saw the post Ryan Satin put out earlier about the interview he had with Adam Cole. Uh, I, I did. I think I saw the. I think I know the tweet you talking about with Adam Cole. He said something along the lines of uh, "Undisputed Era wouldn't be as successful as they were if it wasn't for him." Right? That's that's what that was. Yeah, and he said that uh, he took it upon himself. Let me just find the actual tweet. He took it upon himself to remove O'Reilly and Roddy from undisputed era but that doesn't necessarily mean that undisputed era is no more um so like a kind of little hint there here we go i've got the the tweet from ryan satin uh here's one adam cole pro quote from tomorrow's interview as a tease the undisputed era would have never been what it became without me in charge so in many ways in my opinion i kicked out kyle o'reilly and roderick strong that doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of undisputed era now, obviously, we've not heard from Bobby Fish in a while. Uh, this could be a little tease for maybe a Bobby Fish return tomorrow night. Obviously, we've got the big title match, Finn Balor versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Um, so it could be that Bobby's just aligning with Cole in this. Or is he bringing in new members, replacements for Cole and Kyle? Uh, w- what are your thoughts here? Uh, so just something that immediately comes to mind, I can maybe see them doing just like I, I mean well like I, I guess you could have said like maybe a couple weeks ago like before the uh like like before the second attack he did on O'Reilly you could have did something along the lines of it's just a brothers just fight type of thing and they just needed to get out their system and take it to the take it to that next level and then move past it but I think we kind of past that point now and I, I I can't really see anybody else fitting the Undisputed Era just because of the group has been so intact for so long but I mean, I, I guess you can go anywhere now. Maybe they could just do Adam Cole and get Adam Cole trying to convince Bobby Fish that they are solely the undisputed error and the other two are outsiders. Or it could be a combination of the, of either one, honestly. Yeah, that that's the way I see them going. I, I see it going to be Bobby Fish aligning with Cole. Uh, possibly, I, I think we're getting a title change tomorrow. So I can see Bobby Fish mm. maybe screwing over Finn to, to get Cole the title. Um John Ceno is in the Twitch room right now. He's suggesting Anthony Henry to join to try and keep that sort of um, independent vibe that Undisputed Era had when they first started. I don't, I don't think he's a big enough name, and I, I don't like when you do like DX Light, NWO Light, Undisputed Era Light, that kind of thing. I like Anthony Henry a lot, and actually, a uh, Matches between him and Kyle O'Reilly sound very, very intriguing to me because their their styles are, are quite similar in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with Bobby Fish. Yeah, uh, the the only people I can see actually joining Undisputed Era is people that have been kind of like within the fabric of their group to a certain extent, or has been intertwined with them like on, on in some way like like I feel, I feel like the only person that could like actually make sense is like a Kevin Owens. Like, I feel like that's legit the only person who I can see, like, being, like, fitting in this and, like, it being, like, like making sense uh, in some sort of way, I guess, that you could, like, weave it in. 
Hey, never forget that Tainara Conti was in Undisputed Era for like a week either. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Shit, I might join Undisputed Era. You yeah, know. let's all join Undisputed Era. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts about tomorrow? Obviously, it's quite a big episode of NXT. We've got two title matches, Io Shirai versus Tony Storm and Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. Um, do we see any title changes tomorrow? Yeah, man. So it's a stack episode of NXT. Like I mm. usually uh, just decide on a day of like which show I'm going to uh, watch live because I, I cover both on the site, but I just decide which one I'm going to watch live. And I'm, I, I, I don't think I could miss NXT live tomorrow. I feel like it's going to be a lot of big things jumping off, uh, a, a lot of storyline stuff going to happen. But um, I, I can't see them taking the title off EO. I feel bad for Tony Storm that she's, you know, she's being used. Uh, I mean, well, not being used badly, but just, you know, just, just to progress uh, EO's title reign. But I, I, I could, de- I don't know why. I could definitely see Adam Cole taking the title off Finn Balor. I feel like Finn's had a great run, but I feel like the the, the story needs like the undisputed era. They they kind of what is left of the undisputed era kind of needs the NXT Championship to keep it moving. I agree. This feels very like um, Gargano Champa for me yeah. when when Alistair Black was the champion, and you go, ah, the hotter story is Gargano Champa, or in this case, Kylan Cole. So we should kind of maybe switch the titles. I definitely see a title change there. Um, EO versus Tony, I'm interested in. I, I definitely see EO retaining. But for me, th- what I want from this match is Tony Storm to step up because for me, she's been undelivering since coming into NXT um, recently. And I think if you're going to have a great match, EO Shirai is the one to have it against. So I don't necessarily see a title change, but I just hope they pull off a good match. They had a great match. The the um, Evolution match, the finals of the Mayan Classic, was were a bit short on time on that pay per view, um, but they did have a good match, and I think they could really pull it out tomorrow night. And then after that, Io Shirai can kind of say she has beaten everyone. Tony Storm's the only one with that kind of blemish to her name, and if she can beat Tony, she can move on. And I see it being Raquel is the big big project um for the big match against eo unless you do someone from the main roster like you had last year with charlotte um challenging Rhea. let's say what do you what do you think the two big announcements are going to be the game changing announcements i, I mean i th- all th- there's been a few things sort of unofficially announced the um the move to tuesday uh seems to be pretty much confirmed although we've not heard it officially from wwe yet um you've got the takeover being on the Wednesday on TV and then the Thursday, I could see that probably because it's coming up pretty soon. I, I can see them announcing that. And uh, the thought of women's tag titles as well. Obviously, we had the screwy finish last week. We got a lot of talented women in NXT. Um, do we see the tag titles? So I'm going to go with women's tag and the two night takeover. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the same as it. Like in NXT, they, they, they had the one of the largest uh performance in the classes for, for like as far as women go, like the the female talents that they have. They had one of the largest performance in the classes. So I can definitely see uh NXT women's tag team titles kind of fit. Like at first I really wasn't too keen on it, but then I thought about it for a minute. I was like, they do have a they have a lot of talented people in the division. A lot of times people who they who they haven't even introduced yet. So uh introduced on T V yet. So I mean I I don't I don't see why they why they wouldn't do it. Do you see them perhaps um, making one of those takeovers take over Evolution and have an all-women's mm. takeover? 
I, I think a lot of people kind of were pointing, uh, pointing at that when William Regal made the announce, the initial announcement, uh, about the major, about the game changing announcement that he was going to make the first time before they added an additional one when he was, um, being interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell. The poster behind him was the evolution pay per view. That's and like, right. I like, I, I think we, we all know that in, in professional wrestling, sometimes stu- stuff is, put there for a specific reason and things are shot some places it's a specific reason it's like like I, I only think we looking into looking into it too deeply i think that that was like kind of a strategic thing maybe just to even get people talking it may not be official but it does get people talking and if that is the case which one do you put on tv which goes on USA and which goes on the network mm. or Peacock, should I say Peacock. for, Peacock, for you yeah. Americans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, unfortunately I, I've still got the, the network with, you know, all the pay-per-views ever and a good search function, but, um, I'm jealous, bro. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I say bro. good search function. The interface is still pretty shitty on the network, if I'm being <laughs> honest. But at least everything's there, which is very useful for podcasters like us. So for, uh, the, the, you just call it the original format takeover show uh uh man like that that, that's kind of a difficult one because you're because like if you i think the all women show is like extremely important and you don't want to short side that by putting it on tv but would you really be short shining it by putting it on tv like i like i i I, I can't really call it i'm gonna just say i'm gonna just say off the top of my head i say you go put the um you put the all women show on the peacock network and then you do the uh the f- original format takeover show live on usa or, hmm. yeah i mean it's i wonder if you could get in if you were to do it on tv perhaps whether you could get someone like a a ronda or like a big a big female star to be on TV now, to kind of present the tag titles, not necessarily set up an angle, but have uh, this big women's wrestling event on TV, and you have a bit of a name to maybe draw a bit few more eyes to the product, perhaps. Let, let's see. I'm gonna say this now. I, I feel like they should do it. Now, now that you bring that up, I think they should do it just based off what will have the biggest uh, impact or the biggest, like you know, newsworthy stuff coming out of it. I think that's the best way to go about it. Like if you are going to get a like just for speculation's sake, if you are going to get a big name, uh as you mentioned, to come in and 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 present the women's tag titles officially and stuff like that, then I think that'll be something that people would sign up for Peacock or sign up uh for you know yeah, sign up for Peacock to tune into. But if not, then you can reverse it and just do the original format takeover on the streaming service and then put the all women show showcase on the uh on the usa network but i I think it just depends on whichever one is going to be the most newsworthy honestly yeah makes the most sense um this podcast is going to age very quickly because in less than 24 hours we'll know exactly what it is and it's probably none of this it's probably bad bunnies (laughs) coming to nxt with the 24 7 title or something like that um any other bits of news you have before we go into impact uh no man we can get straight into it well let's get right to it I keep stealing Sino's phrase by accident there. Sorry, Sino. Gimmick infringement there. <laughs> Impact, March 9th, 2021. We start off with one half of the women's, sorry, the knockout tag team champions. Tasha Steeles is taking on Jazz, one of her opponents coming this Saturday at uh, Sacrifice. The match starts and Jazz muscles Tasha down early. Uh, so Tasha bails to the outside to catch her breath. 
Uh, Tasha hits this really lo- nice looking jumping neck breaker for a two count. There's a falcon arrow followed by the rings of Saturn, which look pretty good. Uh, Jazz sidesteps a pump kick to get back into the match and hits a sit out power slam, followed by the STF to Tasha and Jazz pins the tag champion in five minutes, 59 seconds. Yeah, man. Uh, the the knockouts tag title match uh, this week. We're going to see Jordan Grace and Jazz versus Fire and Flavor. Impact Wrestling, y'all need to let me interview Kier and Tasha. Stop stop, stop blocking me. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm calling it out, David. They try to block me out. They, ain't, they don't want to let me interview them good sisters. But yeah, man, uh, I, I think this was a solid, you know, de- decent decent little match to open the show to promote the... Uh, uh, to promote the, uh, the 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 tag title matches happening this week, it was kind of cool because I know Tasha has said in previous interviews uh, that Jazz is like kind of like a a role model of her. So you know it was cool that you know that she got to finally have this uh this singles match. And um yeah, man, Jazz still got it, man. I'm glad she didn't retire. I'm glad she's still around. Yeah, I was gonna was, say the same about stepping away. Yeah, there's definitely value to Jazz, um, especially working with all this younger talent. But she can still go in the ring. Um, yeah. I. I I quite enjoy this match. I'm never a fan of beating the champions going into a pay-per-view. I kind of, I personally prefer the challengers just going on a run and beating all the other teams in the division rather than just constantly beating the champions. It doesn't make the match particularly enti- like exciting for me. Um, but other than that, I thought they had uh, a good match to open things up. Mm. We go backstage to ODB, who is being interviewed by Gia Miller. Um, ODB says the meet and greet is open all night. She calls herself the four time knocked up champion and she's going to be five time <laughs> knocked up champion. This is when Susan comes in and says she wants a one on one match with ODB for what she did to her arm last week. And Susan says, says she can do it on her own and doesn't need Diona and Kimber by her side. So that sets up our match for later this evening. I was about to say o- ODB ain't lying, man. She she really is bringing the meet and greet to the to the shows. I know she be, she brings her food truck. To, to the, to, yeah, to the thing. yeah, but get get her own uh, get her own double pay, man. I I think it was Braden was telling me about the food truck just earlier. <laughs> I think that's such a good idea. Uh, just drive around to wrestling events and sell your food, and people are gonna. Right. People are going to want to go to your truck because you're ODB, you know? I think it's Very a smart. good plan. Very smart. We see Trey Miguel, um, who sees Sam, his trainee, who just last week, Sammy Callahan went to Trey Miguel's wrestling school and seemed to take this uh, young trainee under his wing. Uh, Trey asks how he is, and Sam, the trainee, says that Sammy is a tough guy, but he isn't as bad as people say he is. Trey warns Sam that everything Callahan says is a lie. Sam says that Sammy said he'd say that and said he'd be too much of a coward, that Trey would be too much of a coward to face him. So he goes, Sammy was right all along. You don't have the passion. So obviously Sammy Callahan has um, kind of like poisoned this young trainee Sam against his trainer, and is using that same line about the lack of passion. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I told you uh, this like for the past four or five weeks, Davey, this is like one of my favorite like mid-card things that Impact got going on. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think this is great. I think 
Sammy Callahan is known for all his mind games and stuff. So kind of infiltrating his school, I think, is a nice little touch. Um, wasn't overly impressed with Sam on the mic here. Uh, I guess this is kind of his first time, but I yeah. thought he seemed quite wooden and a bit uncomfortable. It seemed very much like these are the lines I've learned and I've got to remember to say them. <laughs> but everyone's going to have a go the first time, right? And I'm sure that will come on. Um, but yeah, I- I'm enjoying this story. We then get a hype video for the main event of Sacrifice Moose versus Rich Swan. And that takes us to our next match. Rohit Raju and Shira taking on James Storm and Chris Sabin. Uh, David, th- David, let me just say this. Rohit Raju is very good at professional wrestling. That's all I had to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I Have I missed something? What? No, no. I, I was just saying he's very good at professional wrestling. That's all I just had to say. He's very good. That's all I had to say. Okay. I feel I feel like there's something between the lines there. I don't oh, know. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm just being serious. Like, I, I saw, like, a couple of transitions he was doing, like, early in the batch of, like, how Swift oh! he was moving around the ring. I was like, like, Rohit is, like, really good. I thought you were going to say he's a very good at professional wrestling, but a garbage human being. And I was no, like, no, no we're not cancelling someone else, are we? Come on. But no, I agree. He's a great professional wrestler. <laughs> um, it starts with, before the match starts, Storm and Shearer, the two big men of the match, just shoving each other. Uh, this has all come from uh, Swinger's Palace last week, where Sabin and Storm kind of got into a bit of a spat with Raju and Shearer at um, Swinger's Palace, the, the blackjack room, uh, gambling room, casino, that's the word. Uh, Raju and Sabin start off and yeah, you're right. Raju looked great here. These two worked together so well, uh, really quick. There was this awesome looking leg sweep from Rohit. Um, Then Storm and Sabin start to double team on Rohit for a bit. Then Storm and Shearer go at it and it's quite cool seeing the two big guys going at it. There's a big boot from Shearer knocking down Storm. Raju and Shira then beat down on Sabin for a bit, but he makes the hot tag to Storm, who hits an atomic drop and a spine buster to Rohit. Uh, Sabin hits his kick up DDT for a two. And I don't know if you caught this, but Storm kind of just shoves, I think it was Rohit, down by the face. And I think it was D'Lo said, oh, version of the sling blade there. It's the the weirdest looking sling blade I've ever seen, but sure, we'll give it to him. Uh, Storm and Shearer go at it for a bit more. I actually found it quite entertaining watching the big guys go. Uh, Shearer goes to finish off Storm, but then Rohit stops him and they start to argue for a bit. It seems like Rohit maybe wants to win the match himself. Sabin missile drop kicks Rohit from behind, knocking him into Shearer, allowing Storm to hit the backstabber and we get the cradle shock from Sabin to Rohit for the win in 10 minutes, 15 seconds. I must say my, my expert uh, analysis right here, the Motor City Machine Guns have a great theme song. That's 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 like the most it's like that's like the the takeaway for me from this match. But no, it was it was a really it was a really great match. Oh, not great, but really good match. Um, I think all of these four work really well together. And like I said, Rohit is like very very good at professional wrestling. Like the dude, mm. like he, I, I think he had like a couple of like shining moments in this match where he stood out. Um, and and I, I did like the um the interactions between him and uh Sheer. I feel like there there's a lot of ways they can go with that. And I I, I kind of like that they didn't. Like make sure out to be like the like how it normally is the big guy is always the one who gets pushed around and you know he's the he's the 
the the, the one that always bows down to the to the smaller guy and sure wasn't going for that and I, and I really like that dynamic yeah maybe let's skip ahead to uh while we're talking about this uh i just the thoughts on the match i i agree i think rohit was great i really liked him and sabin going at it uh shira i haven't seen much of at all but i did enjoy him and storm going at it a bit of big lads wrestling uh later in the night you see rohit who's um kind of shouting at shira for for kind of ruining the match i didn't quite get the confusion in the match uh i don't know if i missed something kind of when i looked down typing but um i didn't notice what shira did wrong i just got the impression that rohit wanted to to get the pin himself was yeah. that it right no, like it was rohit being rohit <laughs> yeah um so rohit is kind of uh shouting at shira later in the night and then shira picks rohit up by the head looked awesome pinning him against the wall and uh and just yells at him saying that um i don't owe you anything do you understand because rohit's going i i plucked you from india i brought you back here and shira says i don't owe you anything uh reminds me of have you seen the dark knight rises i have not Okay, there's there's a moment in The Dark Knight Rises where there's this uh, like mob boss who's uh, paid Bane, Tom Hardy, to to do all his bidding, and Bane is just like no, and starts antagonizing this boss, and he goes like, well, well, well I, I I paid you all this money, and Bane just goes, and you think that gives you power over me, and that's kind of what I got from Shira here. It's like. I don't owe you anything. Sure. You might have brought me into impact, but I'm still bigger than you and you are not bullying me. You are not telling me what to do. Um, That is like actually like a very cool way for Shira to like grow. Like I don't want to say like grow so like like maybe just establish himself more. Like I think that's a good way for him. Like I I was kind of like fantasy booking this whole idea. I was like maybe um, uh, Rohit could bring in Karam uh, into impact to kind of... like you use him to replace your Karam as the guy that Rohit uh, teams with on the independent scene. It's like it's ba- it's like literally the same thing that he does with Shira, but just on the independent scene. Like he's worked with him in like AAW and stuff, AAW and stuff like that. And Karam's a big dude, like real stocky dude, and he like it, it's literally like the same stature with with Rohit and Shira. It's like the same thing. And I was thinking like maybe he could bring uh Karam into Impact and then like to kind of. You know, just like, oh, yeah, I could show you, you could be replaced and, you know, stuff, stuff. I just thought that that would be like a like a real cool thing to uh, to kind of like give Rohit something a little extra to do while he's kind of in this little waiting period, it seems like. Yeah, my, my only criticism about this story is I didn't ever get them as like friends first. Uh, right. Shira was brought in and then uh he's been ringside maybe twice and on the second appearance that's when they started to fight and then i think this is their first tag match together and they're already fighting um it does feel they're rushing this story a bit but as long as it gives rohit something to do i'm not too uh too worried because i do think he is one of the most entertaining people on the roster we're backstage and we see reno scum and triple xl arguing with each other obviously they teamed up last week taking on the good brothers and finn juice and lost so they're all blaming each other and that's when decay made up of rosemary crazy steve and black taurus come in and mock them all for not getting the job done um and 
Uh, they mock Triple XL for not getting the job done against Decay at No Surrender. AC and Larry D seem mad and they storm off. And Rosemary says that they are looking for a sacrifice this Saturday as they stare at Reno Scum and call them a couple of freaks. And they all laugh maniacally. So uh, I assume we're getting Decay versus Reno Scum added to yes. sacrifice. Yes, official. It's official. It's official. Yeah. All right. Violence by design. This is Eric Young, Dina and Joe Doring. Eric Young is talking to Dina following his few losses recently. He says, violence is the only thing the disease understands. Still talking about this disease and this sickness that Dina needs to get out of his system. And that's when Chris Sabin and James Storm come in. Eric Young says, this is a family business and does not concern you. Storm says, I know what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And this, what you're doing here to Dina is wrong. They torturing him. Yes. And, and over there making him watching the impact switch commercials on loop. <laughs> Probably seeing the, the, the Davy Richards and uh, Eddie Edwards one a million times, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, what, what's your favorite one, Davy? Your favorite impact switch commercial. Uh, I do like Steiner maths. I've seen it so many times <laughs> and it's played about three times a week. Uh, what Andrew's talking about is if you don't watch impact on access, but watch it on Twitch, Instead of commercials, you get all of these, um, like, TNA flashbacks. And it's usually the same ones every week. Except this week, we got a lot of highlights of, kind of, New Japan in yeah. TNA. Which, I thoroughly enjoyed these commercial breaks tonight. So, Tanahashi. Uh, we saw, saw a young Naito, man. Yeah, we saw Tana yeah. versus AJ. We saw Angle versus Yuji Nagata. We saw a young Naito. Uh, I love that commercial break this week. So They, they stepped it up, man. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Dina then just punches them in the face and violent by design beat down on James Storm and Chris Sabin and say, stay out of our business. We go to Scott Demore's office. Now, we've learned that Scott Demore is going to have a big announcement to close the show tonight. And he's just in his office preparing everything, doing all his legal filings. And that's when Brian Myers storms in and says that we need to make all of this go away. He's he's mad with Eddie Edwards, who um, who injured his eye. He's still wearing the eye patch it. And he says, uh, you need to terminate Edwards' contract and erase him from Impact history. And if we do that, I'm not going to be a problem. I'm going to be happy and just move on. Hmm. Scott DeMore says, let me tell you something I learned in court. The more you have to argue, the less strong your case is. As Myers has brought in just pages and pages and pages um, of for his case against Eddie Edwards. And Scott, in a little aside, just says, yes, we've been to court a lot. Uh, obviously, <laughs> if you follow wrestling news, you know all about the multiple uh, lawsuits TNA slash Impact have had over the years. Um, Scott suggests a hold harmless match. Myers thinks he's talking about like a submission match, classical technical submission match. And Myers, being the most professional wrestler, uh, thinks this is a great idea. And Demore goes, are you really sure you want this? A hold harmless match. Maya says, yes. 
Damore says, well, maybe you should talk to your lawyer about it because hold harmless doesn't mean submissions. It actually means no DQ. So Myers has talked himself into a no DQ match against Eddie Edwards at Sacrifice. He storms off and Scott Damore to close the segment says, I can't stand a cluttered desk and shoves all of Myers' sheets on the floor. Uh, you know, I'm actually... Uh just uh, quite a bit interested in uh, Eddie Edwards, Brian Myers, no DQ match. Like, just uh, like I, I don't know why. I just feel like it might be like kind of good. Like, I, I feel like their their, their styles are kind of similar but different in a way. And with the no, like with, with them being able to bring other elements in and not so solely focusing on the in ring stuff, I feel like I feel like it could be like a decent watch. I there's something about no DQ matches in Impact that have just not clicked with me and I think it is the the lack of fans um, yeah it's and especially just Eddie Edwards matches in general it's bail to the outside throw each other against the guardrail for a long time um, a slam on the stage or the ramp and then pull out a chair or a table or something I, I can't say I'm particularly looking forward to this um, if you told me we've already seen a no DQ match between these two I'd I believe you mm-hmm. um, it, it just feels these I think it's and it's nothing against Eddie Edwards and I, I think so much it, it is this empty setting but just him doing these brawling matches over and over don't really do it a great deal for me but good theme song though good theme song yeah this theme song <laughs> gets me going we didn't hear it tonight it was a shame <laughs> we go to our next match which is Trey Miguel taking on his trainee, Sam Beal. Sammy Callahan comes out and says, packed crowd tonight in the impact zone. Looking around to empty seats. Uh, they're all thinking what I'm thinking, that Trey Miguel is a quitter. The only good thing he's done is train his opponent, one of the best wrestlers on the planet, and has something that you lack, passion. And introduces Sam Beal. The match starts with Beal clubbing Trey in the back. Kind of like carrying Cross's forearm to the back he's been doing recently. Uh, Trey hits a great looking hook leg suplex. And then applies. um, I I wasn't quite sure what this submission was. It looked kind of like a figure four arm breaker combo. I had never seen. I I didn't know what the hell that was. Like like he like locked in the figure. Like it, it, it. So. Dude, it, it was like it was like a like he put in the sharpshooter or the figure like he but it, it looked like a sharpshooter like he wrapped like he set it up for the sharpshooter and then like pulled the dude's arm like yeah real close to him and like yank like I, I like I, I never seen that before like it I, I like I couldn't really tell by the camera angle because you know you could tell by the camera angle like if something like appears to look like it hurts you mm. know what I'm saying so but it, it it looked good from the from the way that they shot it. So I mean, I'm interested to see if that could be maybe Trey's uh, his new finish or something that he was just using to put away. You know, this trainee who he knows can't really you know stay with him in the ring. Yeah, it, it should be his uh, one of his new finishes. I thought it looked really cool. I, I think what what took me off is he applied it so quickly, so I couldn't yeah. kind of work out yeah. what limb was wrapped around what or what he was holding, but. Looked really good. Trey wins in 44 seconds uh, via tap out. After the match, Trey goes after Sammy, but Sammy hacks the the lights and the videos 
and disappears and reappears in the ring and delivers a package pile driver to poor Sam Beal. Then he hacks the system again and disappears. I, I could have used one of those at university when I was in math class. You know, <laughs> you know, how, many, you know how many times I could have got out of Got a shitty grade. Just pl- pl- click my phone and then I'm gone. Oh my goodness. Package like, pile driver to the professor and then disappear. The prof- right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I quite enjoyed this segment. It it took up like very little time, but did exactly what it needed to do. Gave a really strong win to Trey. Showed off this new submission finisher. Um, Sammy getting under Trey's skin even more by uh, by attacking his trainee. And yeah, just a really succinct uh, segment. I, I thought this was really good. Yeah, I, I agree with you one hundred percent, man. We're backstage with Chris Sabin and James Storm, and they say, "Eric Young, we've known each other for twenty years, but what you've become disgusts me." Storm says, "How do you kill a snake? You take its head off." Well, Young is the head of the snake, and at sacrifice, we are coming. To take the head off the snake. And we're not coming to say Motor City. Or sorry about your damn luck. We're here to kick your ass. And that is official. That's official. And then Jake something shows up and says he wants to be in the corner to neutralize. In case Eric Young tries to get involved. Um, yeah. I found it kind of weird. Because the way Saban and Storm were talking about going for the head of the snake, which would be Eric Young, you would think they're challenging Eric Young to the match, but mm-hmm. they're actually challenging Dina and Doring, and Eric Young's going to be at ringside, so Jake is going to be ringside as well. Um, but I, th- I think this could actually be a, a pretty good match here. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thinking more so it's going to be like a lot of uh, outside antics going going on to this. I don't really think it's going to be like too much for the in-ring stuff. I, f- I feel like it, it'll be spotlighted, but for the most part, it's going to be Eric Young getting involved, him going at it with Jake something on the outside, saving the storm, being distracted by Eric Young, and you know, both bo- both sides basically fu- basically going at it with the individual who is cornering them. Like I can see Cody Deaner, you know kind of focusing in on Jake something on the outside a little bit. So I, I think this might just going to be f- featuring a lot of uh, outside shenanigans. Uh, John Ceno in the Twitch room, uh, he writes the impact report for postwrestling.com. So do make sure you check that out and get Ceno's opinions. Uh, but he said that they said before going to the snake, they have to go through his minions. So uh, I kind of missed that bit. So that's why they're challenging Dina and during um, my one worry. I can see Jake joining violent by design no no david don't don't do that i know don't 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 put it out there we only just got him back um (laughs) but it wouldn't surprise me with the fact that he's there um i could see it happening perhaps or maybe not liking like they might be beating down on dina and he doesn't like seeing that happen to his cousin or something i could see them maybe doing something like that i hope they don't because i think Jake is in the right spot right now and he should be growing more as a solo act. Jake, Jake he beat um he beat Cody at No Surrender, right? Yes, and then okay. just was it last week in the tables match or two weeks ago? Yeah, right, okay. Okay. Yeah. We go to the Tonys, Tony Khan, Tony Shivani, who have the paid advertisement for AEW Dynamite. They say that they had a great buy rate for Revolution and 
They say how excited they are to be here. Tony Khan once again says, oh, we had such a great buy rate. So showing off that uh, their pay-per-view did pretty well. I I imagine it might be their best one. I I don't know if the numbers are out there or not, but I keep hearing it was very successful. So wouldn't be surprised if it's AEW's best show to date. Um, They say that we learned so much at Revolution. We saw Sting in action. We saw Scorpio Sky grabbing the brass ring and getting a TNT title shot this Wednesday. Christian Cage is here in AEW and we will hear from him at Dynamite tomorrow and say that he's one of Impact Wrestling's greatest champions ever. Big Money Matt lost the Big Money match and that's going to be a lot of shame. Congrats to Hangman. Phoenix and Pac will challenge the Young Bucks at at some date and then tomorrow we're going to get Matt Jackson taking on Ray Phoenix which I think could be a really excellent match actually. And we learned that Kenny Omega might be a great wrestler but he is terrible at building exploding rings. So doubling down on that narrative that it was Kenny's poor design that caused that whimper of a finish <laughs> at, at the pay-per-view on Sunday. They say Eddie Kingston might be a great friend. The ring might not be enough to harm either man, but it doesn't take away from what Kingston did trying to protect his former best friend. And I, I'm about to say, David, that ending was so perfect, bro, up until that final. I know. Explosion. I know. <laughs> uh, it really, it did. Uh, yeah, we, we haven't really talked about it yet. I've, uh, I did my post show, obviously, and um, a lot of people now have seen our reaction from the, the live revolution watch along we had on the Twitch <laughs> just the other day where all of us were just in fits of laughter. Um, but, oh boy, what what did you make of it? Uh, I saw yeah. I saw a bit of your chat with Steph and and I know yeah. Steph was too wrapped up in the emotion of everything that she didn't realize that Gilberg's fireworks have gone off in this Gil- corner. Or, but, or Cassie's power room. Yeah. Uh, like, what what did you think? Did it did it ruin the match for you? I, 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 I wouldn't say it ruined the match, but I, I would say it, it it really took a lot away from the final that final stretch that they had. Like, I felt like Omega and Mox really did have a solid match and it was good. It didn't drag. It wasn't one of those, like, very, very, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was supposed to be anything longer than what it was. Like, I think that was a really good pace that they had. Yeah. But I feel like when, when, when Eddie came out to save Mox and, you know, shield him and all that, I was like, dude, this is about to be crazy. Cause like, I'm, I'm thinking like, did like this ring, like so this ring about to implode or something like that. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm thinking. And then they had the little pew pew pew. Like yeah. I was like, what the like what the hell going on over here, man? Like I, I felt like they could have at least like loaded up some debris on the outside and like like just shot it up real high in the air, like just enough to cover the fans' view of Mox and Kingston just for a period of time, like for three three or two sec two or three seconds, like just at least block people's view. Like, here's some fireworks big enough to to block people's view out so it can at least seem like, you know, like the worst thing ever. And then maybe you could collapse the ring just to add on to that extra extra little effect to it. And all you need is an extra little loud bang. Like, and it would have been it would have been perfect. But like, yeah. I, I, I I think they just they, 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 they just missed the mark, bro. That's all it was like. It, they, they built this moment like everybody was kind of waiting on this big last moment and it didn't deliver. And it kind of, you know, took a lot of people out of it. Yeah. Um. They, they they did have a good match. I don't think that should, 
take it away, but it's kind of hard not to factor in that finish when everybody was very much looking forward to, you know, the final result. I th- I think that's where interest uh, where wrestling is is so interesting because for me I I know like a a Meltzer or whoever will will rate a match bell for bell to bell and mm. like he he won't rate a match if it's been edited or anything for me like wrestling's predetermined like it it's a story so for me a match starts from the entrances like the entrances to mm. me make such a big deal of the, thing of the match and and if there is a post-match for this the whole thing was that ring's going to explode after 30 minutes and so I do kind of I agree I thought the the body of the match was great I thought they had such a good match and I think we'd be showing everyone like all your non-wrestling friends you'd be going look at this look at this this is nuts look the Mm -hmm. ring explodes and everything and look at the emotion unfortunately it like it, it fucked up, and yeah. uh, and it's it's interesting that Moxley obviously in that post uh, post show talk kind of blamed Kenny for it, and then Tony brought it up in the press conference later, and now this is the first time sort of officially on TV that they've uh, addressed it as being Kenny's poor uh, ring building. Uh, what do you think of the line? Do you? I, I know a lot of people I'm talking to are saying it's kind of. Um, it's kind of shitty just like writing it in and kind of wish that they just like hold their hands up and be like, yeah, this is what happened and move on. Personally, I think there isn't really a, a great answer, yeah, but they, they, I, right. I, the fact we did see Kenny building the ring, I think is a nice little out. It's still laughable and it's still being told to us with a bit of a wink. Um, yeah. but it's, I'm more curious because they didn't address this and maybe they will tomorrow. Why was Eddie Kingston dead? <laughs> Bro, I, I, like, so if, if Eddie wasn't selling it the way he was selling it, then maybe it wouldn't be as like, critical like people wouldn't be as critical of it as they are because like bro he 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 sold it like like you <laughs> like, like his eyes was closed after the like in the post match uh promo when the show went off the air his eyes are still closed like Aubrey Evans is like holding them up by his arms like he was knocked out I'm like dude like <laughs> like I, I I felt like it would have been real cool like if Eddie um like I, I feel like they could have had a real nice out if um, like after the, the 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 week um explosion happened, I feel like it would have been cool if Eddie would have just looked up and been like, "What the hell was that?" Like that was it. And then Omega came out and like you like did you idiots like really thought I was gonna like blow up the ring? Like are you like are you foolish? Like what's wrong with you? Like and then I, I feel like that would have been like a nice little out that they would have. I feel like people still would have been disappointed in the final result, but it would have been like a easier transition for people to feel like, oh okay, that was just Omega. Uh, messing around with Mox and, and, and like, well, I mean, he he wouldn't necessarily know Eddie was gonna come out and save him, but it could have been something just to just to mess with Mox's head. Like, I feel like they'd have had a nicer out opposed to like just like put uh, immediately putting on the blame uh the, the the blame on the character of Kenny Omega. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you've got to make a decision in a a split second when something like that happens, and uh, Eddie with his head down maybe didn't know how how bad it was but what makes me laugh is cody will walk to the ring with his pregnant wife with fire and explosions going off all around him and then and then these two yeah pharaoh like the amount of pyro on cody's entrance and then this is what those guys got but 
Well, hey, baby, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you real quick. Were you were you did did you feel they they overhyped? They, did you did you feel they did a disservice to Christian by overhype like not overhyping but hyping the signing up the way that they did? And you feel like they could have done better? Do you think like it, it could have been way better? The reaction social media wise would have been way better if they just had never said nothing about somebody showing up and Christian had just showed up. Yeah, I I think I think you had enough buzz going into the pay per view anyway, um, and I I feel I listened to uh, to Christian's interview with Renee Young earlier, mm-hmm. and by the sounds of it, he thought it was going to be a surprise. So yeah. <laughs> he 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 hadn't actually signed when when they announced on Wednesday that um, that. Uh, there was going to be this big signing. He hadn't actually put pen to paper. It was just like a verbal agreement. But by the sounds of the way he spoke, he kind of would have preferred it be a surprise. I think everyone would have gone crazy if Christian yeah, just came out as a surprise. Instead, okay. people are getting their hopes up so much and talking CM about Punk, CM Punk, yeah. Brock Lesnar, <laughs> and you go, oh, it's, it's Christian, which is, exactly. which is sad. Yeah. And as a wrestling fan, you feel bad for feeling like that because most people love Christian. He's great. And he's coming back to wrestle after seven years off. Like it's a great thing and a great signing. And I'm really interested to see how he fits in, but 100% they overhyped. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think you just put it like the exactly I needed to be, bro. Well, let's move on. I think we need to close the book on this exploding ring. Now, Um, (laughs) who are we kidding? We're going to laugh about it tomorrow as well. We go to the, Tag champs contract signing. Yeah, the, the, the first ever cinematic style contract signing. Oh, yeah. We're in Scott Demore's office. We've got the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. And Finn Juice, David Finley and Juice Robinson sat down ready to sign the contract to make the uh, tag team championship match official for sacrifice. Uh, Carl says he can't wait to put these guys in their place. The Good Brothers pour out some of their talk and shop bourbon whiskey. And Finley says, well, hey, guys, if if you're drinking, we're drinking. So they all pour a shot of bourbon. And Scott is just trying to, like, go like, all right, I know you're drinking, but whatever you do, please make sure you sign this contract. And they start taking shots. Uh, Carl is taking little digs, like, learn how to work little marks at Finjuice. Um from Gallo's reaction to this whiskey, I am not sold that I want to buy this thing because mm-hmm. he was wincing away drinking this. Uh, they do a second shot and they say, let's teach these kids how to work. And then after Carl Anderson drinks his, he goes, oh, that's a Kurt Hennig. I, I don't get what this reference was. Do you? Uh, I'm guessing he's saying that's perfect. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. They then say this ain't. Oh, no, wait, I- wait, Kurt Kurt Henning is Curtis Axel, right? And no. Joe Henning is. Oh, that's that's the other way no. around. Joe Henning is Curtis is Axel. Axel and yeah, Kurt Henning is okay. Okay, that's okay. right. Yeah, I guess he's just saying it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, they say this ain't Irish whiskey, so double it up. So they all have this big shot of whiskey now. They all sign. Gallows and Anderson chug back the whiskey, but Finn Juice stand up throw it in their face, and then, as you said, becomes all cinematic. We've got this rock music playing <laughs> as they're brawling away. Um, what did you make of this contract signing? 
Uh, it was uh, exactly which is cinematic uh, style contract signing. Uh, like at, at first, I wasn't really like big on the Good Brothers Finn Juice uh, feud. It just I just wasn't interested in it. But like I, it, it, it didn't like it, it wasn't it didn't come off too too bad to me tonight. It was just like they're like we all like they they make it apparently known that they're all friends and it's just like it seems like a competitive thing now. Like they just trying to one up each other verbally and you know eventually one up each other uh in a rage it seems like a competitive thing now between four friends and they just talking shit to each other the whole time i didn't like the how it suddenly went cinematic for a contract (laughs) it seemed very odd like just adding the the rock music and stuff it really wasn't needed i think for me if you're going to do something cinematic i feel the whole segment kind of needs to be cinematic if you just go into it, it feels almost like musical theatre where you're just bursting into song out of nowhere. It feels quite abrupt. Um, and I like musical theatre. But um, I also thought the way they were going with this drinking, I was sure Finn Juice were going to try and get them drunk and change something on the contract to say yeah. that it's now going to be an ODQ match or something like that. But uh, this was fine for what it was. Um can't say I'm overly excited about the match this uh, this weekend, but um, hopefully it will be good. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like they're they're, they're stalling. Not, not, I don't want to say stalling. They're just like putting like little bumps in the road for the Good Brothers because I'm I'm calling this now. It's gonna be the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks at double or nothing. I'm calling that right now. That that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, wonder who their opponents will be for. Uh, rebellion. Rebellion. Mm. Rebellion comes first, and then double or yeah, nothing's double the month nothing. after. Yeah. Okay. We go to our next match of the evening, uh, and it's an X division match. Ace Austin, the number one contender, with Fulton in his corner, taking on Chris Bay. Um, Austin actually grabs a, a steel chair and sets it up, and tells Fulton to sit down. He's kind of saying he wants to do this on his own. And Austin makes it to the ring on nine. Fulton really doesn't look too happy about this, but he he uh, sits down and obeys his master, I guess. There's some really nice mat wrestling early on with both trading sub- submissions. There's this Northern Lights suplex from Bay, followed by a Topecon Hilo to the outside. Um, they start brawling on the outside, and Fulton just looked really funny here, sat down, but reacting to every move. Uh, looked very odd. Austin flips back into the ring and hits this beautiful Fosbury flop to the outside. There's this awesome looking spinning uh, springboard spin kick from Austin for a two. And then just this great looking sequence where both are just like ducking everyone's kicks. We get a fake out from Bay with a kick turned into a code red for a two, which looked awesome. You got a springboard, like a, a spinning springboard sent on from Austin for a two. Austin then pulls out the card and goes for the fold, but Bay moves out the way. Bay ducks the springboard kick, lands on his feet from a suplex, and back elbows Austin in the face. He's now ducking everything Austin's throwing his way. Bay flips again onto his feet, catches Austin with a kick. As Bay starts climbing up to the top rope, Austin catches him with this kick to the head and goes for a superplex, but it's blocked by Bay. Austin then sets up for like a double underhook soup, 
suplex off the top rope, but Bay backdrops him off the top to the floor. And as Austin's landing, his back kind of bounces off the apron, looked pretty nasty. And that took us to commercial break. We come back and both guys are on their knees in the middle of the ring, just slugging it out with punches. We get a roundhouse in the corner from Austin, followed by the pinwheel leg drop for a two. Austin then tries this like weird head scissors where he ran along the apron and jumps off to the turnbuckle but gets shoved off by Bay, who follows up with this great looking crossbody. He goes to the art of finesse, but it gets uh, scouted by Austin. Bay then hits the vertebraker, which was a great near fall. Austin kicking out. Bay sets up the art of finesse again, but Austin bails to the outside. Bay goes after him and Fulton now stands up out of his chair and is in the way of Bay. He then ducks as Austin jumps off his back to kick Bay in the face. And that's when TJP comes out with a steel chair of his own and sits down to watch. Fulton then gets up and chases off TJP. Austin in the ring goes for the fold but gets hit with a cutter and then Bay hits the art of finesse and in 18 minutes 32 seconds Chris Bay wins. Now, this was a really good TV match. This was a really good match. Yeah, really I thought good. so. It's really good. They they, they could have let that well, you know what I'm 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 going to praise the Ace Austin Chris Bay match cuz I I got some, I got some things I need to say about TJP but I'm going to say those uh for 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 after I give uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay there dude. I think this is a really really good TV match. These two work great together. I think Impact has a really really solid like two front man duo as far as like the X Division goes for the next year. I have along uh, these two while under contract with Impact. Uh you know, I, I think they, they 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 can definitely rely on Chris Bay and Ace Austin to kind of flow up and down between the like some 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 like short world title fuse or and, and and definitely be the front people of the X division for sure. Yeah, I I think as soon as this AEW story is over, like when I assume Kenny's going to win the title as soon as that title's dropped or whatever, I do think Austin should be in the in the main event mix for mm. the world championship because his matches are always so entertaining. He's such a good prick. Like, he's so hateable. Um, he's a great promo. I, I think this guy's kind of got it all and would be a great, like, heel champion in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but this match was great. You don't normally get matches on Impact TV going much longer than 12 minutes. They gave these yeah. guys a lot of time. The whole thing was really entertaining. Could have done without the the slight interference at the end, but even that wasn't... It wasn't over the top, and it... And it achieved the result of furthering the feud between TJP and Austin. So I wasn't even too negative about that. Um, but absolutely, if you're someone that just listens to the pods and don't doesn't really check out the show, I highly recommend this match. One of the best TV matches I've seen for a while. Yeah, uh, they they definitely definitely uh like yeah, I, I I I like um Chris Bay and Ace Austin's dynamic and the way they work with each other. Like their styles are. You, you, I don't want to say they're similar, but they kind of are similar in a way. But they, they, they just like really bounce off each other really well. You, you can, you can tell by just watching them wrestle that they enjoy when they're in the ring together. They kind of just get each other in a, in a, in a, in a, in a good way. But man, uh, Davey, you, you know, in, in professional wrestling, man, uh, there are you have your select few people who it is impossible to separate the character from the individual uh, off screen. 
And TJP has become one of those people, Davey. He has become one of those people. Wait, can you still hear me? Yeah, I, I hear you. Sorry, I was okay. just taking a sip. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, T- TJP is uh, one of those people. Um, I need somebody at Impact to make the... Well, I, I don't know if the sacrifice show has been taped already. Hopefully, uh, they, they did what, what needs to be done, and they need to put the title on Ace Austin and get this title on TJP. Get David Penzer to take the title on TJP. D'Lo Brown, Matt Stryker, anybody, please get this title on TJP. This dude... Uh, I don't know if you saw any of his tweets over the weekend. Uh, Not this weekend. I've seen his <laughs> tweets over other weekends, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pr- pr- promoting the burning, burning of mask, um, you know, and uh, 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 among other things. Um, and, and if anybody wants a, a, a glimpse of what TJP thinks about the world, uh, you can easily go check out his social media. It's, it's safe to say uh, that dude is a 100 uh, percent. I mean, not use profanity. He's a fool. I'm gonna just say that. Uh, but yeah, this it, it, it's very difficult sometimes, especially especially for me. Like I, I remember even uh, last summer um, when 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 after George Floyd got killed, and I remember seeing a lot of prof- not not a lot of but some professional wrestlers like really showed their true colors during that period. Especially um, like I, I mentioned before uh, with with Chris Jericho when he was doing the whole all lives matter thing, like right after yeah. that happened like that, it, it, it makes it real, really, really difficult. Matter of fact, it's not even difficult. It's just re- like really easy to see who this, these individuals are behind the characters that they portray on television. And it, and it really takes me out of a lot of everything that they do. And it's kind of hard for me to really get back into it. Like I used to think TJP, like even when he was in WWE and on 205 live and stuff like that, I used to think he was one of the best, the best out there but like seeing him like now and like in his true form and like who he truly is as an individual I, it's like it, it's like really difficult for me to like get into like anything that he does or like even find it remotely entertaining like i've like I, i'll have moments when i'm like oh that was a good match but then i'll find myself like overly crediting crediting the individual who was in the match with him just because just so i don't throw, throw that back at tjp <laughs> like it, give him like any positive Stuff like that, but like, yeah, man, it, it's it's very difficult at times to really, um, you know, like try try to find stuff interesting that 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 certain wrestlers do when I know who they are as individuals off screen, and that's all I had to say. Yeah, yeah, I I I completely hear you, and I completely appreciate that. Um, it's it's difficult, and the, these last like year, eighteen months, especially it covering pro wrestling, we've. We've got to talk about these characters, unfortunately, and we yeah. we don't have to agree with them. And we, it's like it's our platform to to say what we want, and you're you're absolutely entitled to that thought. I I I completely agree with you, and I think TJP comes off his character work. He comes off smug as well, which just makes you like you you know who the real person is, and then when he's yeah. playing smug on TV as well, it makes him even more unlikable. But yeah. it is difficult because he he is a fantastic uh, wrestler, and he's he's had some great matches in Impact recently. So it does make I I definitely have the the same issue when we talk about other people in NXT when Braden and I do our show. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's just something we've kind of got it, to learn how to navigate it. it. It's like you trying to find that line between. Keep keeping it some sort of like professional just from your your point and then also keeping it like 
just 100 percent with the audiences like the people that are listening as far as how you feel you know what i'm saying it's like that that line right there like you're trying to you you you're not doing that the professionalism side you're not doing that for the person the the, the person that you're covering you're kind of doing it for yourself and then at the same time you want to keep it as authentic as possible with your audience as far as like how you feel about say individual absolutely well we go to swingers palace where we do see tjp who comes in and says well who'd have thought the ultimate finesse would pull it off and Bravo gives him his winnings because it, it seems that TJP may be bet on Chris Bay there. That's when Josh Alexander comes in and kind of questions why TJP has the X Division Championship on a poker table when he's got a match on Saturday and doesn't feel he's been taking this too seriously. And TJP goes, yeah, against a guy who lost. Josh says that he's in this for the X Division Championship and he will be waiting. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we've just gone over TJP and the fact that neither of us are particularly a fan of him. But this did feel like he was leaning maybe slightly heel here with the line, yeah, against a guy who lost. Maybe he's not taking this all too seriously. But I, I personally would like to see... Ace Austin win the championship and perhaps have Alexander like Alexander and TJP in a number one contenders match. I'm I'm definitely more excited to see more of Josh Alexander in this division than TJP right now. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, man, it's it's good to see Josh Alexander um in the in the X Division title picture. I know he did an interview uh earlier today. Well, I don't know when it was recorded, but uh, I'm I'm assuming it's fairly recently. He talked about his transition into the uh, X Division and, you know, being a singles competitor now that either Paige is uh, in AEW, officially signed with AEW. So, yeah, it's, I, I think it's good for, for Alexander, man, because I think I think we all know how good of a wrestler he is. Like, I don't think that even needs to be discussed. I just think that he needs to find, like, that maybe like, d- d- just some sort of character arc for him so people can get, like, really invested. Like, it's kind of like he's a tweener right now. Like, he, he can really be either one, like a babyface or a heel. But, like, I feel like he can be that guy who isn't really trying to be either, but he's likable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know like if I'm even phrasing that right. No, I think it's a, a good transition. Rather than him randomly just being in some singles feuds, I think putting right. him in the X Division, we all know he was in this tag tag team. And the X Division is kind of, it's meant to be a bit different. Like, it normally caters to the, the cruiserweights, but I think the fact that it's this tag team specialist who now has gone back into singles i think the x division is is right for him and i think just we're gonna see good matches i I think the x division with him bay uh austin and dare i say it tjp you're gonna get good matches with combinations of those four Mm. we go to our next match of the evening odb taking on susan odb gets susan in the corner and does some big chops to the chest uh susan has the kind of I want to speak to your manager gimmick. So she's still in her dress suit and ODB kind of rips open the shirt to just chop away at the chest. We get a Bronco Buster to Susan followed by a fall away slam and then a chest press off the second row, uh, off the second rope for a two count from ODB. Susan then slams ODB by the hair and then grabs ODB's liquor flask and pulls hmm. out the alcohol. Um, making ODB very mad. She picks up Susan, hits the Samoan drop, and pins her in eight minutes, five seconds. 
I say that they, they, they ain't a chance ODB's beating Deanna. Nope. Not a chance. Hey, hey David, did you think we were going to get the uh, the, uh, the Deanna appearance at, at Revolution to be Britt Baker's uh, surpri- uh, surprise partner? But what, what was just, just just let me clarify. Was not disappointed in Maki Ito at all. Very glad to see her. But did, did you think that this that that was going to be like the first time we see the the the, the women's side of the Impact AEW relationship? Honestly, I, I wasn't paying too much attention for the pre-show because I was setting up for the watch-along. I had the match okay. on in the background, but didn't really give Rebel's replacement too much thought. So that didn't even cross my mind. Um, but yeah, this this match was fine. I think ODB is a good character, but I don't think she should be in a title picture, um, especially with some of the other women you've got in the division who I don't think are focused on quite as well. Um I really like Diona, but I don't see... Maybe they'll surprise me, but I don't have too much high expectations for this match. After the match, Kimberly and Diona run out to attack ODB. Uh, Jordan and Jazz then run out for the save. Then Fire and Flavor run out to attack Jordan and Jazz. And we get this cutter from Tasha Steels and the Fisherman's Neckbreaker from Kira Hogan to ODB. And all the heels pose in the ring. Um, yeah, I. the way I, I kind of want it right now, I think you have Stills and Hogan drop the titles to Jordan and Jazz at the pay-per-view. I'd have Deonna retain and then maybe have Kira and Stills turn face and have Kira challenge Deonna down the line. Um, mm. That's kind of what I want to see. Someone... Uh, someone in the Twitch room earlier brought up that the just the women's division, now you've got the tag titles in there, seems really thin. And it's a division that we, we've praised in the past, but now you've got these tag titles as well, uh, taking up other people's time. I think it, it does seem very thin at the top, and you haven't really built up anyone to be a viable challenger for Diona. Apart man, you, from you, Jordan Grace for the fifth time, you know? Man, you want to know who would be like a really, really great addition to Impact's Women's Division, bro? Kelly Who's, Kelly. Yeah. She, I mean, she's been on Impact, but yeah. not signed. She was in the women's tag. Yeah, absolutely. She um, she would be like a really, really solid addition to the division. Like, now I, I do agree uh, with, with, whom, with who said that, uh, that the division does seem kind of thin with the knockouts tag titles. Like, I definitely... I, I definitely think they need to either make some additions to the to the to the roster, or they need to put the tag titles on a team who can draw in a lot of challengers that makes sense. Like opposed to like I, I yeah I, I feel like you, you you might be on the money with the uh, Kira Kier and Tasha face turn. I feel like they can do do just a little bit more and stretch it stretch it out a little bit uh, if they if they were faces opposed to them being heels. I mean, we don't have a crowd, but I feel if there was a crowd, they'd like Tasha and Kira anyway. That they they've just got so much personality. Like it's so easy to turn these two heel, uh, so turn them babyface, and then you've got some fresh challengers. Uh, we've talked before about just the way way Tennille Dashwood's been booked as well. I'd even say with Rosemary as well. Like you've got you've got women who are good there, but they they pick and choose when they want to take them seriously. And I think maybe instead of bringing back an old face like ODB, let's let's bring more women into the division. Let let's bring in some names we haven't heard of. Like just take a chance on some 
young independent women wrestlers and try to make new people um yeah man like like, I, like bro them losing kylie ray and tyre valkyrie that was like they that, took a that, hit that, there that, that, that's rough bro yeah that's rough yeah all right so we then have a rundown of the the matches that are coming up this saturday maybe we'll we'll talk about that at the end so let's go to the real main event of the evening um this was edited quite weird i don't know if you noticed this as well but scott demore is in his office and it seems like he's talking to someone we kind of see that's that's (laughs) yeah and he says sign sealed delivered and then from his office he hears moose's music hit and he kind of turns around and goes like what the hell and we just cut to the ring where moose is already stood in the ring talking this was edited together really badly um moose says that he is the real world champion and therefore he wants to hear this big news first uh we cut back to scott demore who's still talking to this other person in the office we go back to the ring and moose is pacing around still waiting for the announcement and goes well i guess we're not having a show this dude is threatening to hijack the show five minutes before it goes off air i don't I'm like, dude, there's no more matches. Fine, stay in the ring. <laughs> mm. But then Scott Demore does come out. He says, sorry to keep you waiting. It's been a really hectic day. Um, but before I say the news, I do want to bring out Rich Swan, our Impact World Heavyweight Champion. So both are in the ring now. Scott says, for almost a year, Moose, you've been walking around as TNA champion. You found that title and you've been carrying it around a championship with a long lineage. And I made it official the other week. I've I've made, I've sanctioned the title. It's now official, but two world champions is one too many. And therefore, on Saturday, both titles will be on the line in a unification match. But that's not it. The winner of the match will face Kenny at Rebellion with both the AEW and the Unified Impact World title on the line. And then we cut to the back to Scott Demore's office where we see Don Callis on the phone and says, Kenny, we did it. As if all the plan, all the pieces are coming together. Um, Great end, I thought. Uh, Something that we've kind of been theorizing for a while um apart from the wonky editing here i I thought this was done pretty well makes the title match on saturday feel a lot bigger i feel it's almost yeah it's cool to be the champion but it it seems really the the real prize is headlining against kenny at the the next big pay-per-view don't you think it's all about the stakes baby oh yeah it's all about the stakes my man but yeah no this i think this was like i said at the top Great way to end your show. A lot of news coming out of it, a lot of hype coming out of it. People are going to be talking about this for the next uh for for the next month until the show actually into the uh, rebellion match actually happens, whether it's gonna be Moose or Swan. Um I, I see as far as who I want to win, I, I I feel like Swan and Omega can have a really, really, really great match. But there's another part of me that really wants to see Moose versus Omega, bro. I don't know why. 
Like I, 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 a part of me like genuinely wants to see what they could do with like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, one on one. I, I feel like Omega could push Moose like to another level in the ring. Like I, I'm with you. I think it, it was that last pay per view that you, me, and Nate covered. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but that was the one that kind of I felt all three of us sort of opened our eyes to Moose a bit more and went, okay, actually that interests me. And I, I think Swan, I'm with you. Swan versus Kenny uh, will be a great match to watch. But I kind of feel there's a bit more, I find Moose a bit more interesting in, in the mm-hmm. match. I, I, I think it feels like a bigger deal. He's been going around calling himself a wrestling god. It kind of adds to the idea of... Uh, if we're ever going to get this Kenny Kota match, Kota's been going around calling himself God with a capital G. You can always have Kenny be like, well, I've already defeated one wrestling God. You're just another one. You know, I, I, I feel it's, and just visually looking at it, it's way more impressive. Kenny beating Moose than Rich Swan. Yeah, man. Like I, and, and I, I feel bad saying that because Rich Swan has like really been like a great champion for impact. And like he's like Rishwan is a great wrestler. Like we all know this one. It don't need to be said, but like I, I don't know why, bro. I, I just it just feel like more intrigued with Omega Moose. I don't know why. Like it it just feels like that should be the match of Rebellion. Well, let's go through the Rebellion card and then maybe give a few predictions. We'll start with an easy one: Diona Perazzo defending the Knockouts Championship against ODB. And go Diana. Yeah, I'm with you there, Deonna, as well. We've got Fire and Flavor, that's Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan, taking on Jordan Grace and Jazz for the Impact Knockout Tag Team Championship. I think Kira and Tasha retain. I'm going to go with Jordan and Jazz for this one, um, and we can maybe go in a bit of a different direction. Uh, Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers in a no-DQ match, or a hold harmless, I think they're calling it. Uh Brian Myers. Uh it doesn't matter. This one. <laughs> like I'll go Eddie Edwards just to just to shake things up. We've got Dina and During from Violent by Design taking on Storm and Sabin. Uh Violent by Design. Okay. Um I'll go with Storm and Sabin and hopefully nothing dodgy goes on with Jake something there. Decay taking on Reno Scum. Uh, decay. I, I I can't see Black Toys taking, like taking like. I I mean he, he I think he's already lost the match, but like I can't see him like you know I I feel like they want to keep 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 him strong. I'm with you, and I don't think I've ever seen Reno Scum win a match. So why did that happen <laughs> on a pay per view? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Decay there and Black Taurus just having a bit of a showcase. I think Reno Scum are kind of bigger guys as well, which could be. Taurus has this great power but speed as well so I actually think it could be quite cool if he's throwing these guys around we've got Tenille Dashwood and Caleb with a K taking on Havoc and Nevaeh Havoc and Nevaeh I agree and probably Caleb takes the pin there 100% he ain't Reginald he ain't (laughs) Reginald man TJP defending the X Division title against Ace Austin Austin. Austin. yeah title change I think so please like, but yeah, Ace Austin. Matter of fact, bro, I just think it's sad because like um, all that you know, TJP and 
being a dumbass aside, like I, I feel like Ace Austin, like the come up, especially coming off that Super X Cup win. Remember how me and you and Nate talked about how uh he he ran into Cardona after like literally winning the Ace the uh, I said the, Ace, uh, the Super X Cup. Yeah, I, I feel like they kind of lost lost their weight with him a little bit. But like, I feel like this is the perfect thing to get him right back on track. Like he he got steam behind him, bro. Like put the he time on. he deserves it, and I I think heel champions are always a bit always. easier to book. They're always. a bit more interesting. Uh, I thought Rohit was really good in this role. I think Austin will be will be a good champion. Um, but I I would like to see a few more faces being added to the uh, the X Division mix as well. We've got the Good Brothers defending the Impact Tag Team Championship against David Finley and Juice Robinson. Good Brothers. Yeah, I think so. I, I can't see Finn Juice sticking around. So And the Good Brothers need to defend them at some point or do a title for title against uh, against the Bucks. And then finally, Rich Swan versus Moose. We've said what we want to happen, but what do you think will happen? Omega already pinned Swan, so I think that that was like just the the, the beginning of it. I think he's going to pin Moose at oh, Rebellion. So Moose to win. Yeah, Moose Moose to win at Sacrifice, and we get Omega Moose at Rebellion. I'm going to go with Swan. I feel there's just a bit more story going into that. We we still got time to build up for for either match, but. I feel they've already sown enough seeds already for Rich Swan versus Kenny that I, I think they'll stay in that direction. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Impact. Uh, what were your thoughts? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? I'm going to say thumbs up. I'm going to say thumbs up. And I think it had a lot to do with that final uh, that, that final segment. That was like really good. That was a lot of... That, that, that was very strategic by Impact, and they, they, they did it right by putting that last in. Like that was, that was a nice way to close the show. Like There was no... Like after filler, like soon, it's like soon as the announcement was made, bro, they had like a minute left, like let left to go. Like I think that was really smart. Um, that that carried a lot of weight that would be even carrying out of the show. That that Chris Bay Ace Austin match, Chef's Kiss. And oh yeah, I, I, I definitely thought they was gonna end up adding Chris Bay to the the title match, but they didn't. Uh, which I think is kind of a good thing. Like save that for uh, for another time. And I think we're gonna uh, get uh, Ace versus Chris Bay for uh, a title match, maybe ever billion, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I I thought this was a pretty good show actually. I'm with you. The the Bay Austin match was great. Like I, I can't give a thumbs down to a show that puts on a match like that. Um love the news coming out at the end. Uh I thought the Trey Miguel, Sammy Callahan thing was good. Um Tasha and Jazz wasn't bad. Yeah, I'd say it was a, a thumbs up show. It kind of got a lot of stories told and with good wrestling and that that's all I want. Good storytelling, good wrestling. That's all I want. Well, that's what we thought. Let's now go to some feedback. We always post feedback up on forum.postwrestling.com for Impact, for NXT as well on Wednesdays, soon to be Tuesdays, I think. Um, But let's see what you guys thought. We'll start with Bryn, who said, I thought this week's Impact was a bit of a drag to sit through. I found myself losing interest until the Ace Austin versus Chris Bay match. That was one of the best matches I've seen on a weekly wrestling TV show so far this year. Great action, great near falls, really got me interested in those two. Thought the end was a bit crazy and took away just a smidge from an otherwise great match. 
Sacrifice looks like an interesting show this Saturday. Kind of tempted to get Impact Plus, especially now with the stipulation that Swan versus Moose is a unification match, and then the winner gets Omega at Rebellion. I think I'm more interested in Impact now than I have been in several years. Uh, yeah, a uh, lot coming out of this show. I think it's it's kind of what we've been theorizing um, over the weeks, but it's nice to kind of get it official now. And yeah, definitely raises the interest in this Saturday's pay-per-view. We also go to Andrew from Cape Breton, who says, So I've been missing Impact recently due to work, but I might be able to watch Sacrifice this weekend. So I wanted to dedicate some feedback to one of my favourite wrestlers. Someone that Davey seems to not be the biggest fan of being a newer Impact fan, and that's ODB. I first saw her when I would download BitTorrents of OVW shows. She had been working unsigned, attempting to get WWE to look at her, despite WWE completely changing their women's division in recent years. Triple H and Shawn Michaels came down in 2007 to look over the school and told ODB that there likely wouldn't be a spot for her in WWE based on her style and look. Soon after that, she ended up in TNA's newly expanded knockouts division. Women's wrestling at the time was very formulaic. The only gimmicks women had were happy-go-lucky, nice girl and mean, catty bitch heel. That's all WWE had. So when TNA brought in this drunk redneck who kept grabbing her tits, it was something different for national television. One negative now is ODB's gimmick only works in front of the crowd, so she falls flat for an empty arena shows. She would probably be a lot better received in AEW. She's not the best wrestler, but she always was a crowd favourite and even got the only and even got the only reaction during the women's casino battle royal. That was mostly due to the terrible format of the match, but the fact she came out with four other people and got one of the loudest reactions showed me that she was a memorable and beloved part of TNA. I feel I'm going long, but ODB is definitely an important part of Impact history and reminds me a lot of Jazz in that after WWE completely changed their tune on women's wrestling with the Diva search, people like ODB, Jazz, and until recently Mercedes Martinez were left out in the cold. So shout out to Pro Wrestling's One Dirty Bitch. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, um, ODB obviously going for the title this Saturday. Uh, I can I can appreciate how big a character she is, and I, I've I've seen her at events before. Yeah, she's definitely um, someone who gets the crowd behind her. I just don't know um, when you look at the women's roster in Impact. I don't know if I'd be going with um, with ODB for a kind of women's main event. That That's all I'm going to say. I think there's a lot better people who haven't really had the chance yet against Deonna um, who'd be better suited. Um, okay, well, that is it for tonight. Um, Andrew, thank you. Have you got any final plugs you'd like to give before uh, before we say goodnight? Uh, just follow me on Twitter, at Thompson underscore underscore. Check out my real work at Post Wrestling and check out the Andrew Thompson interviews YouTube channel. Absolutely. And once again, a packed week here at up next already in your feed is our Batman and Robin review. People are saying it's maybe the best worst movie of all time. Uh, it's one of the most quotable films ever with Arnie being in there. Braden and I had a lot of fun recording this one and we think you'll really enjoy that. So go ahead and give that a listen as Braden and I Work our way through the Batman films. Next, it's Batman Begins. We're getting into those Nolan films. Very excited. 
Uh, have you ever seen Batman and Robin, Andrew? I have not. Oh, have. you're in for a treat. Go and watch it. It's it's ridiculous. It's so bad. David, David, just a quick random story before we go off there. Go for it. Uh, on, on Dark Side of the Ring, they you know they have the confidential show that they have uh, yep. before they it's the season three. They they released a, a clip. So Jimmy Snooker was dating, was married, married to Gino Hernandez's mother for a decade. Okay. Right. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I, I literally said the same thing when I read it. I was like, "Wow!" Like, okay, <laughs> that that that's some that's some information right there. That's that that's that's something. That's that's something. What what a, what a, what a way to end the show, Dave. <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> um, also coming up, obviously, up next tomorrow, we're talking about that big episode of NXT with the two title matches. BD Elite this Thursday at 1pm on Twitch, uh, where we'll be seeing all the fallout from that exploding ring. Then this weekend, we've got a couple more shows on the Patreon. We've got an Up Yours, where we've got Jake from the Windy City joining us to talk all about the Super J Cup from 1994 one of the best one-day tournaments ever in pro wrestling. And then Sunday we'll be joined by the chosen one, Charbel, to talk all about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That's all coming up on the Up Next Patreon, patreon.com slash upnext. Make sure you subscribe to our Twitch channel. We do a load of our shows live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at upnextpodcast. Follow the Up Next group on Facebook. Follow me at Davey Portman. But my voice is dying now and I, I've got to go. So good night. Take care. Be safe. Ahoy! You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers in select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details.